Hey everybody, this is John Culp, and I am from Lafayette, Louisiana, but I'm not there right now. I am in New York. You're in my home state. That's right. <laughs> Look who's come to visit me. It's NY Bill. <laughs> Hello. Okay. Can you say this? I want to check the level. Not too loud here. I check think. the levels. I think the levels look pretty good as long as we don't get too rambunctious here. I'm starting. So. John Culp has no stickers on his laptop, so I'm starting to see what I can give him. Okay. So he has quite an assortment here. Tux. There's Tux. Excellent. And I think Wendigo gave you those, right? Yeah, I've got those, but I haven't stuck them on my laptop. I think I stuck them on one of my servers. But that will not reach the So this the is your second well. meetup with HPR people in, what, two months? Yeah, something when, like when that. When did you see it, it Wendigo? It been three or four months ago. I think it was April or May oh. that Wendigo stopped by Lafayette. And we recorded eight or nine minutes of conversation there in my dining room. And right now we're at my brother-in-law's house. And so, uh, yeah, we just had a nice lunch, walked down to a local diner, had a nice lunch. I've met Mrs. N.Y. Bill. Yes. Very nice to meet her. Who is taking <laughs> pictures right now. Yeah, she's taking pictures we of We can us. post these. You don't want to say hi? Um. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> I don't know if that'll pick up on the mic or not. It'll probably pick up a little bit. Come a little closer and say hello. It's all right. <laughs> um, I've got coffee brewing in the other room. We're going to get rolling here in earnest once my coffee is in my cup. And So how long did this take us to actually finally meet? I'm thinking about five years. Five and a half years almost. Yeah, I, we... We met on the Linux Outlaws forums. Yep. I think we were the original... What were we, what were we calling ourselves? The old school or... Something like that. Original Outlaws. Original number, Outlaws. I was number 130 in the number of people who registered on there. Yep. And you were probably right around that time yeah, or earlier. Yeah, we all, It seemed like a whole bunch of us... Well, not a whole bunch of us. Maybe 30 of us came in within a month of each other and all just became fast friends because we talked every day. Yeah, it was... That uh, was our chat. You and me and Wendigo, uh, Jezra, yep. Lost in Bronx. Yep. Um, X1 101, Fab and Dan, of course. Yeah, a handful of others who have gone here and there and kind of lost touch with, and then new ones come along yep. in the various... I switched over to Identica mostly at a point where... You know, what prompted me to do that really was Jezra had written, Hey, buddy. Mm. And I like helping my friends I, you know if, if one of my friends writes some software i want to try it out and we so, were the beta testers yeah that, that was the whole reason why i tried identica you guys were on it way before i was oh no I, well i think i think i was a year late when the whole lo crew went over i was i'm reluctant to for change i'm one of those people okay. so it was uh big less p less pounder at odd camp twisted my arm and said you have to sign up because that's the only way people were talking to each other okay in uh, wolverhampton so yeah that makes sense um, anyway, I, I took to Identica pretty quickly. I mean, I remember at first being really confused, mm -hmm. like thinking that, uh, I, I don't know, I was like worried that I wasn't going to see all of the posts that came in in a day, and I would like check way back in my history to make sure I didn't miss anything. And, and after a while, I just realized, you know, just, gotta just, just let it go. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> Check your mentions. You can't read uh, the whole world. <laughs> let them go. Con contacts help. That, yeah, contacts. It, it reminds me of IRC. If you can press contacts, context and see who has talked to you in, you know, in the past day in IRC. That's, that's what I like about it. Yeah. But now it's gone. Identica. Yeah. Identica is now the Pump.io platform. And a bunch of us still have StatusNet instances, though. I do and you mm -hmm. do. And, um, I think Wendigo, Wendigo is becoming the new... 
Identica. He's got like he's, thirty people now. Yeah, he's becoming a hub for a hub. Um, for uh, what would you go orphans from Identica. Speak of the devil. Here's somebody talking to me on Stepnet yeah. net now. Ghost dancer nice to says, see. Oh. "Nice to see you both behaving like adults." Oh, because uh, I just said uh, John Culp is chasing me around with a microphone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Windigo says the other day at the log, he goes. Uh, he goes, before you leave the house, John is going to put a microphone down in front of you. I said, oh, that's of course. fine. Here we are. You've got to take advantage of these opportunities, man. Um, so you mentioned your lug, and uh, you had a meeting yesterday, correct? Yes. What do you guys do with these things? Picture if all of us friends that we talk to every day on Identica could sit in one room. I mean, it's just it's a bunch, well, it's just a bunch of friends just uh, mm-hmm. talking Linux. I don't get a chance other than online or at the lug to talk Linux at all in my job or in my, yeah. in my personal life. So it's an outlet. It's a, I can understand that. And Acefear, he's just as much as a geek as me, but he's got two little kids and he says it's, it's double for him because he gets just mm-hmm. a little downtime, gets to hang out yeah. with his geeky friends. And that's, that's what it is. It's nothing structured or things on the overhead projector or things like that. It could be. If somebody wants to do a talk, they can. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned something about packing your bag for the log. What I mean, is this like you've got certain things you need to give to people or you want to show off or or just... Not really. Uh, it's a great place if you have trouble and mm-hmm. you say, look, I'm having trouble with this and you have 30 people on a table, somebody's going to know how to help you. Yeah. Or sometimes it'll just start taking over the room. Like everybody will start Googling and trying to find it. Oh, I got this. So that's fun to get... You know, 10 or 20 people brainstorming on one problem. So usually people leave. By the time they leave, they fixed whatever problem they had. I like the sound of that. Yeah. I, I don't have fun. that kind of support except on my timeline here and various user forums. And no lug to down that, that way? Sort. There, and you don't have any time to start one. There is some sort of, um, like the Acadiana Open Source Group or something, but their meetings are always at an awkward time where I can't make it. Mm-hmm. So I've never been. Uh, I did talk Linux a little bit with the the director of computing support services at the university where I teach is a an open source guy. Mm-hmm. He, he runs CentOS on his desktop, and I went and asked him about um, access to. Uh, I was going to see if there was a way I could get a, a VPS through the through the school, and he said, oh, "Well, you good. could, but the department would have to pay a hundred bucks a month or something." I was oh, like, really? "Really? I don't think so." I'm like, "You can get a Linux for twenty bucks a month." <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, we I always enjoy talking to him because he understands everything I say. That is another is... thing with, with the log. You just <laughs> until you just said that, I realized you're, you're you're amongst people who are at your technical level. You don't have to explain mm-hmm. acronyms to them, so you can talk as fast as you want. Mm-hmm. And the other people are right on the same level. It's, it's yeah. You don't. You, I don't get a chance to do that in my yeah, personal life. Yeah, I don't much either. Getting to the point where my son now understands quite a lot of things I say to mm-hmm. him, but. Um, it's still nice to get together with other people. You guys are all going to have matching tuck stickers because I just gave him. <laughs> I just right. gave him two earlier. We can line up all the laptops and uh, <laughs> display them. I buy these things twenty at a time. And <laughs> everybody in my lug probably has one by now. Oh, it's from Adafruit. Adafruit, they're a dollar each. Yeah. So whenever I get something from Adafruit, I just pad up the order with a couple oh, of those. That's cool. Do you get free shipping if you go past a certain threshold? No, it's just there. like uh, when I see it's eight dollars shipping and I only have nine dollars of stuff for some reason. Some I, stickers. For some reason, I want to change the levels to twenty. Yeah. So, Bill, you've given me something. Now it's my turn to give you something. Oh, what do we have? Homeland. Oh, Cory Doctorow. Nice. This is the latest Cory Doctorow 
book. It's a sequel to Little Brother. Okay. I don't, I don't know if you read that one or no, not. but No, but I'll put it on my list. Nice. Yeah, you Very should cool. read them both. They're excellent. I mean, it's just perfect book for people like us who are a little bit paranoid and interested a in little bit paranoid. security. And <laughs> I'm wearing tinfoil right now. <laughs> no, it's great. I just I bought it at that little independent bookstore that we walked past on the oh, way nice. to lunch. Very and cool. I Thanks. read it myself and then handing it off to you. And you can I see can see the drones. Right, they've got uh, drones. And one of the characters in the book actually makes his own drones that uh, will go up with cameras and send a feed to... Oh. Um, the Ustream or something. This has been talked about at our 2600 meetings. People are playing around with little helicopters and stuff. Yeah, and you can see, I, my intention with this is to have it be a little bit like the last book I sent to you. Mm -hmm. See, so I bought it here, and then nice. we can kind of document the hands it passes and, through and pass amongst all the nerds. And yeah, we should mention that. There's a couple books that we've been passing around through friends, and everybody kind of signs on the front leaf. You know, I got it. It's going to him next. So we have a book club encrypted yeah. email club we have a lot of little yeah, little the, clubs the <laughs> it's not funny it's very serious yeah man <laughs> <laughs> my wife is laughing at us the last book was crypto by what was it Stephen levy oh yeah you, you and so i sent that and remembered his name and you read it and sent it along and then i think it's gone to six or seven people by now yeah j rob x1101 i don't know who's ended up with it it's mm -hmm. still out there somebody wants it next track well, it down this one, uh, you know, Cory Doctorow is just so great in his um, advocacy of free software, and he, he also provides his books free of charge for download. Like, you, okay. could, you could go download this one for free. And um, all of his other books so far I've read by downloading for free. He releases okay. them Creative Commons, but they're also published in hardcover format. And, and I so, do still like reading book yeah. books. I do yeah. too, and then but after reading them and enjoying them so much, I like many people wanted to donate to him, and he said, "No, don't donate to me. Buy a copy of my book because I want to support the publishers." Mm -hmm. But here's a list of libraries and school teachers who have requested copies. Pick oh, really? one of them out. That's a good idea. Buy the book and send it to him. And so this, this in that spirit, you know, I bought it um, full price at an independent bookseller, which he's really big on. Also, he, he's in. Um, in Little Brother and maybe one or two others, the beginning of every chapter has a paragraph describing one of his favorite independent booksellers. Oh, really? Like what makes them cool, why he likes them, and, and um, you know, the name of a salesperson who's especially knowledgeable about whatever <laughs> subject. And, and so he's really big on independent booksellers. So I went to one and bought it, giving it to you, and you can pass it along. Nice, I will. Donate it to the uh, public library in your area or something of that sort. It'll be next on my list after I get through Quicksilver, <laughs> which <laughs> no, might no, no. take about six months. But then, <laughs> then you have to read uh, The Confusion and System of the World. So it could the be rest of the brokes, uh, five or six is, uh, years before. Neil uh, Stevenson? <laughs> yeah, Neil Stevenson. Yeah. I keep joking around that he has Slash V set because he's very verbose, but they're great books. He's a good author. I think it might he's, be VVV. <laughs> is it? The, the triple V verbose. Yeah, I love that cycle. I've, I've read it a few times, and really enjoy all the whole the whole um, the emergence of the economies of the Baroque era. Oh, don't give me any spoilers. And, I'm just no, it's not, that's a that's a general theme. I'm sure yeah. you've already been past the part where Isaac Newton is explaining the various uh, coins to Daniel as they yes. walk along. And yes, I, I'm whole, getting a feeling it's kind of a revolution of technology. It's it's right on that cusp of. Yeah, when they thought the world was going around the sun, and vice versa, discovering well, new science. Yeah, it's it's a little bit later than Copernicus, and then, but uh, they are definitely 
battling against conventional wisdom on many fronts. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really, really interesting. Many true historical figures woven into the story, and it's yeah, all that is held together by Daniel Waterhouse. I, I felt bad. Somebody was asking. I was talking about Quicksilver to somebody at the lug, and then another person asked, you know, how does this story work, or how does it flow, or something? I go, it's kind of like Forrest Gump, where you make up a fictional <laughs> character, and he runs into historical characters going through the fictional, uh, fictional novel. But you do kind of pick up some history, or... At least names that mm-hmm. the, guy, the guy I was talking to at the log, Pico, he said he was on the Wikipedia after every third chapter because he wants to read about these historical figures. And they're the, good reads. Yeah, the, the Forrest Gump thing is a, little, is a good analogy. That's, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> I, cool. did, I didn't know. It, oh, go ahead. Another thing that's cool about that, though, is that Daniel Waterhouse and Jack Shafto are long ago ancestors of the, the protagonists of Cryptonomicon. Yes. Yeah, I, I picked that up. It um, must have been uh, Bobby Shafto, and later America Shafto, mm-hmm. the, the the young lady. And I think course, uh, well, last summer I read Kryptonomicon. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just I just butchered that one. Kryptonomicon. So I don't know when you had read that, but it seemed like a few of us read that last summer. And we were all talking about it. Yeah, I've been through it a couple of times. It's a great one. It it definitely stands up to multiple readings. Because mm. you'll there's so much in there. It's it probably takes yeah. a few readings. All of his books. Yeah, uh, this that's a good one. I think you're going to like this one by Cory Doctorow. You don't have to read Little Brother first, but it doesn't hurt because there are some of the same characters in there, and they refer to the events of the previous book okay. numerous times. No, I'm always looking for uh, books along our geeky kind of uh, computery, nerdy... You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Our sensibility, man. Yes, yeah. That's, that's, uh, our that's what it's all about. You know, in the first, in Little Brother, uh, one example of the the hacker mentality that um, that pervades in there is um, at some point, some corporation, either Microsoft or somebody, decided to give away all kinds of consoles for free and then mm-hmm. just make money on the software. Well, this, the main character of the book took advantage of all these free consoles by realizing that they had certain hardware properties and things that they could run. Uh, what did he call paranoid Linux was the dis- <laughs> distro and so he he spun a like a remix of the paranoid Linux distro or something and well, it's similar to it people who do with thing. Xboxes and but stuff he took like all the kids had one because they were giving them away for free and so mm-hmm. when the surveillance got to be too much he taught everyone how to use this uh, live CD environment to get onto the like the Xnet, I think he called it, nice. and they could all communicate with each this other. This is securely. very uh, apropos to current times with the surveillance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really. And you know what? Uh, there's something at the at the very end of the. This is not a, a spoiler in terms of plot line, but at the end of this book, Homeland, there's an afterword by Aaron Schwartz. Oh, really? And it was chilling to read mm. because he clearly. I mean, he wrote it. You know before he committed suicide and, mm. and he said something in there about uh you know if you need help reach out to me and maybe oh boy that's, yeah that <laughs> that's that's a shivers down the spine well, yeah yeah so anyway it's a great book it's it's aimed at the teenage market but i as a 40 some year old guy really enjoyed it we're putting stickers all over laptops we can't be that adult well yeah i think i'm going to apply one right now <laughs> oh. Oh, the, make sure you put it in the right direction. I give them to young kids at the log, and poor kids, mm-hmm. they put them the wrong way. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to put it where my students can see it when I open it up in front of the class. Oh, there you go. Is this going to come out? On, oh, actually, just sticker? the tux come out, comes out. Oh, so it's all black. Just pull on his head. 
Is it going to have an outline that can this, be this seen? One. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's got a white outline. Okay. Okay, so live on Hacker Public Radio, I'm <laughs> applying the very first sticker to my Toshiba satellite. It's this history. Put it discreetly up here in the corner. Like that. Are you capturing this on film? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're going to have uh, show note pictures. Do you want credit as photographer? Here, you have to hold poses for a long time. Cause... Okay. One, two, three. All right. <laughs> okay, so I have applied a tux sticker to my Toshiba satellite. And there's a beeping in the Something house. I don't really know what that is. Whether it's the dishwasher or some other thing. Might this be is... the coffee. It's not my house, and so <laughs> it so does ours things. beeps when it's going to shut off the, the warmer under the coffee. Oh, well, I already turned off the machine, I thought. Yeah. Or something's going to explode. You hush. <laughs> no, it's it's got to be the dishwasher. Oh, well. It's the kind of thing where if it was mine at my house, I'd probably figure out a way to disable it. Yeah, <laughs> through SSH. <laughs> SSH to dev dishwasher. Oh, man. So, um, I thought I would demonstrate for NY Bill the blather thing that I've been blathering on about with Jezra. Yeah, I listened to your um, HPR, and, but I have never tried it, so a demo would be cool. Yeah, this is I, the condenser mic you talked about. Yeah, this long, is so. my little lavalier condenser mic, and uh, it might not be the best thing for this kind of thing. It's, I think it's better to have um, a mic that will pick up a little bit less ambient sound. Okay. But, you know. We can see if Blather will pick up me imitating your southern accent. I don't think it picks up accents at all. I'm just joking. You don't really have a deep southern accent. Yeah? <laughs> I am from Louisiana. Yeah. And Tennessee and Texas. And doing that typical places. northern southern. What is it doing? Discrimination. Well, it's listening to us. And it's you can see that it has all kinds of words all the way across there. But until it hears a discrete command that it knows that I want it to act upon, I see. it won't do anything. It'll just kind of show those words. So, for example, here's one. Good morning. What's up, big guy? Hang on, let me turn the volume <laughs> on. Oh, that's interesting. Let's try that again. Good morning. You're bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and ready for a busy day. <laughs> So what's happening there is I, I have a, a command that I say, and then when I, when I greet it by saying good morning, it will choose from a list of possible responses, and <laughs> uh, I have a text file with all those responses in there, and then it will shuffle them randomly and choose one and then pipe it through eSpeak. Oh, I see. And that one that we heard happens to be something that my grandfather used to say to me when I was a kid. Hmm. You're bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and ready for a busy day. So I thought that had to be one of the responses as a way to help me remember my grandfather a little bit oh, that's nice. so so as you're talking it keeps putting up words oh did it just pick up me saying talking it did oh i see because one of the commands is stop talking uh, that, but that only comes into play when i'm using the um web speech api thing right here let me um i'll demonstrate here i'm going to post a message to my status net timeline now live on HPR <laughs> and the way I do it is like this go to dictation box this is a demonstration of my use of web speech API using Google voice thingy thing and NY Bill is sitting right here next to me 
and Mrs. NY Bill is sitting over there and Bill just took a picture of the screen. Now it's making a lot of mistakes right now, but it, you can still tell that I will be able to save tons and tons of keystrokes yeah, by using what it's putting on the screen for me. Stop talking. Don't. It missed the stop. So part of the, the key to making this work is when I give it the, the stop talking command, it's supposed to put in there the word stop talking because when I transfer it over there, I run it through said and remove those two words. Oh, I see. So watch what happens now. No, uh, say, just before you keep going, uh, it's paused right now, but did it pick up me, try to pick up me when I was talking to you? It might have. I could be half of the problem here. No, right, it's, go, go it's fine. It. So now I will say the next command, transfer text. Oh, that's cool. And it, it, it does a series of keystrokes when I say that. It, it does Alt-Tab to get back to the previous application that it was on. And then it does Control-V to paste all the stuff. It, well, first it does Control-C to copy to the clipboard, then mm. Alt-Tab to flip back to the previous app, and then Control-V to paste it in there. It, it does that so series of commands. So is this like a script sitting in a config somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll show you the config file. Um so, oops, that's not the right file. To my commands.conf file. The, oh, here it is. Stop talking does XTO tool key tab and and sleep 0.2 seconds and then key press uh, return. Oh, so what that does, when I say that, it hits the tab key, which moves the focus onto the little um, button in here, let me show you. If I refresh this, and um, if that is, hang on, this is not going to work right. You're, so you're tabbing through the window with yeah, you with you, the you tab through the window and it puts the focus on there, mm -hmm. and then I have a virtual return okay. press. That's nice. And so it stops everything and then gets it ready to do Control C, Alt Tab, Control V, very cool to put the text over there into the Hey Buddy window. And here, I could. Um, edit it a little bit. What I normally do, if there's something that's going to need a good bit of work, I'll just take it and put it over here in a different thing. Speech recognizer. Paste. Paste. Hey, woo! <laughs> you don't have to. Here, let me let me help you there. Paste. No, it doesn't pick up that either. Paste. I ah, forget it. I'm just going to paste it. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> This is, uh, okay, so I've got here, it says, this is a demonstration of my use of Wimpy KPI. Uh, so I'm going to select that, and then I've got a command to turn on that little microphone right there. Mm -hmm. This also uses the web speech API, but it's got, um, it doesn't do continuous listening. It just listens for a moment. Microphone. Web speech API. Oh, yeah, nice. See, that fixed it. Mm -hmm. Using Google Voice thingy thing. And in... In what bill is sitting, so that is just you. That's hard to fix anyway, except manually. Bill sitting here next to me, and Mrs. NY Bill. Oops. Ah, what did I do? I picked um, up Mrs. NY Billinting. <laughs> Billeting. <laughs> A Marin build. Um, and Mrs. NY Bill. Oh, so. Um, this is live typing people. Who just, yeah, this is exciting, isn't it? Who just <laughs> took a picture of the screen. 
making a lot of uh, let's see yeah this is probably enough I'm just gonna call that done and now I will give it my post to hey buddy command let's see if that works post from hey buddy oh nice grabbed it stuck it in there oh yep. and send it to done nice that's awesome <laughs> pretty cool huh I might have to is there a command that I can say fix all my typos? That would be very helpful for me. There, there's a well, not all of them, I but always, some of them. I always do T E H instead of the T H E. Yeah, just my fingers do it every. Single so here's time. what you could do: you could set up a command that says fix t. Oh, okay. And, and it'll look for all those. I, I've got a similar one here where uh, every time I use the word, either the word comma or like if I want to put a comma in there, it'll mm -hmm. say the word K A M A like a. Oh. Like a, a weapon, it's like a martial arts weapon, I think. Hmm. A comma, or some kind of clothing. I don't know, but it's so puts that instead of a comma. Hmm. And so I have a command that says fix commas. Oh, nice. And it'll go through and find every instance where that happened, and it'll put a comma instead using the said stream editor. Nice. And so if you have a problem like that, that you have this little misstep yeah, with your fingers. Problem from my brain to my fingers, yes. Yeah, it's, it's really <laughs> it's somewhere easy in my elbow. Like yeah. I also have one that does let's see microphone this is a demonstration of the blather speech recognition program period now look see almost every time mm -hmm. it puts the word bladder instead oh, of blather okay. I see yes now watch this fix bladder blather nice uh -huh. that's cool <laughs> so what it does there is it selects all copies it to the clipboard pipes it through said and substitutes any instance of bladder with bladder. So any, if there's then, 20 instances yeah, and I'm, it's six paragraphs, it fixes S them all. slash bladder slash blather slash G for global. Oh. Uh, it'll, it'll do every single one. Cool. And then it puts it right back in my little editor right there. I'm going to have to fool around with this. Yeah, it's fun. Um, I think we should be courteous to the uh, laptop and tell it, thank you. Anytime. <laughs> Thanks. Feel free to leave a tip. <laughs> You're so funny. Oh, come on. You're so funny. It's supposed to respond to me. You're funny. What does it think I'm saying? You can always check to see what it thinks you're saying. Oh, yeah. I was, that's when I keep... There's a little box and it's showing words. I kept going down to try and read what it was saying. I might have been speaking the listening? command too soon. Let's try again. You're funny. I'm <laughs> You're so funny. This is true. You, you realize this is just another abstraction from humans, right? You're talking <laughs> yeah. to your computer by yourself in your detached garage. Mm-hmm. We, we have all kinds of things we could ask it. Um, here's a good one. What time is it? Why don't you look at the clock? Oh, sarcasm. That's pretty rude. That's pretty rude. Oops. Oh, no. <laughs> what time is it? Time to go pet a fluffy kitty. Oh, you mean Dingle? Who's the fluffiest? Dingle is, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. What time is it? 1.05 p.m. Thanks. It was easy. <laughs> That's crazy. You're funny. Wait till I really get rolling. <laughs> Ah, oh, boy. Humans. We don't need humans. 
Yeah, this is the kind of thing that a nerd will sit around and think, oh man, wouldn't it be funny if I did this? <laughs> Just sitting there configuring late into the night, thinking of all the silly things I can do with Blyther. Is this too geeky, Mrs. N.Y. Bill? It's quick. <laughs> <laughs> it is quite geeky. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. You know, my kids really enjoy this too, and uh, their, their cousins were having a blast playing around with it. What we would do is we would turn on the the dictation box mm-hmm. and just uh let them start speaking and speaking they'd speak a whole paragraph and then we'd select it all and have it uh read back by e-speak so like right just, here just read back and then random whatever it decided to pick up no it's i like would select modern something. day mad libs so like if i select this i can i have a command that will tell it to e-speak whatever is selected mm-hmm. speak this this is a demonstration of the blather speech recognition program speak this recognition Okay, so yeah, just so, the highlighted words. Yeah, okay. whatever's highlighted, it will speak it. And, uh, yeah. So, cool. Can be yeah. useful. I had never uh, seen it demonstrated. I just heard you guys talking about it. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, it's incredibly useful. I mean, I haven't even shown you the navigational kind of things so much, really. But uh, watch this. Go to Thunderbird. Nice. Fiber Inbox. Fiber Scent Box. See, it navigates all yeah, through my going, Thunderbird client. Going right through the email. The way it does this is I'm actually going to do an HPR episode uh, detailing how I go about this. But the principle is that anything that can be done with a predictable sequence of keystrokes can be done using Blather and a mm-hmm. voice command. And so what you have to do is figure out what is the predictable sequence of keystrokes that can get you where you need to go. And so for this one, to go to my first inbox... The keystroke sequence is control K that'll get you to that thing, mm-hmm. tab, uh, home to go all the way up to the top, left to make sure that it's not open, to make sure it's collapsed, then right to open it, and then down. So you're kind of mentally stepping through like a screen capture of what it would take pretty, to get to pretty get somewhere much. and then script it. Now that's a lot of keystrokes right there, but when the computer is doing it virtually, it happens like that. Mm. And it is so fast. Uh, so Let's see. Work inbox. Now, it, it looks like it just went down three, but it didn't. It went up to control K. It went uh, down here, home. I mean, it did I all see. that collapsing and everything, just lightning fast. Because that's the only way. You can't tell it that you need to go down twice because it, sometimes this will be collapsed and sometimes it won't. And mm-hmm. it'll end up in the wrong place. And unless, if you physically did that with the mouse, it would have been three seconds longer. A couple of seconds been. longer. It yeah, might have just, been. And I would have to touch the keyboard. And sometimes you just don't really, you know, I, it may seem like not much to, uh, for your wrist to have to go over here and click on something. But if you've, if you've got problems like I have, then every time you touch it, it, it builds up. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's cumulative. Have you had these kinds of problems yes. too? Isn't that true? Finger, I mean, computer yeah. programming. So she's typing all day at work. Well, yeah. And even if, uh, I don't know. It, it's cumulative. Like every time I can cut out five or six keystrokes in my work, compounded over the course of a day, that can be hundreds of keystrokes that I've saved myself, and I just feel better at the end of the day. Do you want to sit in your office and talk into the microphone? We can set this up for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's a here's a really good one right here. Go to Firefox. I, it uh, you have to put a pause in between each command, or else it won't pick it up correctly. Go to Firefox, press home, 
go to Muse 300. This is my online music class. Control Shift in. I had oh. to do that to log in. That's my keystroke to use. So the, he started uh, Firefox. He went to his home page. He input his uh, name and password. This is the Moodle page for our university. So uh, the publisher's textbook for my uh, class has its own website. And to get there, you have to go first to the home page on Moodle. Then you have to click this link right here that opens up a new tab that takes a moment. And then once it finally does open up, you have to go down mm -hmm. and find from a list of about 20 things you have to find the one class that you need which in this case is this one you have to expand that go down and then click this button it's extremely okay, yeah. tedious and yeah. annoying you can see the problem here and then it opens up here and finally I'm where I need to be well I've automated this <clears throat> because again this is something that can be done with a predictable sequence of keystrokes so watch this. what it does is it uses the uh, Firefox has an awesome quick search feature that I didn't know about before where if you're inside a web page like this you can start searching for linked text by prefacing your search with a single quote so I'm gonna do single quote and it'll open up a little box right there and I'm gonna type the first few Okay, so I, I usually do a control F. Yeah, but this is different. Okay. This it, it automatically puts focus on whatever you're doing. And so as you're typing. I can tell it uh, to automatically start searching with a single click for this string of text and it puts focus on it and then I send a virtual return click. Mm -hmm. right. So uh, and it will take me to the next page. So that's the first step. Go to campus. Like that fast. Yeah, that's cool. It's incredible. This might be good in lecture. Yeah, it, it could be. And now, to automate the next step, what I have to do is do that same string search for, I do, I think, just this much, SU13 for the summer 13 section. I do that string, and once it finds it, it presses enter. And then it does four tab keys to get focus on the connect button, and then I press a virtual enter key. And watch how fast it happens. Go to, oh wait, what is it? Oh yeah, I remember. Go to connect. Yeah, That's I can pretty see. Sweet, huh? it, it, as I'm watching the tab, I can see it working, going going through the different links. Gradebook sync list. I don't, I don't know I how well this is all going to translate into audio, but I, I don't know either. <laughs> I'm sitting here watching John's screen. Gradebook sync list. And that one does a search for that thing right there and takes me over to... Hmm. Uh, my little list. This is like a place where I sync up the gradebook on this remote site with my Moodle gradebook. And uh, this is one of the places I often have to go. And then I can tell it to uh, log me out by saying leave connect. And it searches for that sign out thing and presses enter. Nice. And then it closes the tab. That's cool. Leave campus. You just talked on Hacker Public Radio three times, Mrs. Wydrow. She's, she's, she's forgetting the microphones here. She's aren't a you? star. <laughs> Ken Fallon, put her picture up. Contributor. Now considered a co-host. <laughs> no, that's pretty cool. So, what do we say to our computer now? Thank you. My pleasure. <laughs> You're a nut, man. You're funny. You taught me everything I know. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, 
So what else do we have to talk about? Can you change the speed of the speech? You can, yes. Yeah, there's a a command line switch for eSpeak where you can change the rate. And I actually do that for one of my commands, the one where I tell it to do the random Shakespeare insult. Hmm. There's a a Shakespearean insult page where they give you all the text strings and you choose a noun, another... Wait, no, an adjective, an adjective, and a noun. And so I have a script that will randomly choose from each one of these categories and then put them all together and pipe it through eSpeak. Hmm. And I actually have it do it slower than default because it was just too fast to understand it. I don't remember what it... What does that look like? Um, Where is that command? Oh, I actually put... That was complicated enough where I put it in its own script. Some of these things I will write out the whole series of commands in a single line in the config file. Mm -hmm. And once they get complicated enough, I'll put it in a separate script. In their own script, yeah. Just to keep the config file looking halfway tidy. Let's try it. Insult me, Will. (laughs) Portly, mongy-minded baggage or something? I don't know. It's it's really hard to understand. (laughs) Um... Oh, here's a one that I if I if he doesn't respond to me soon enough and I and I'm not sure whether it's working right, I'll ask him this. Are you listening? Yup. <laughs> yup. <laughs> John, you're talking to your computer. It's true. <laughs> I am talking to my computer. It's it's a good thing I drove over here so we can have a little bit of human interaction. Yeah, man. <laughs> he was just sitting in the corner with a computer in a fetal, fetal position. He always answers me, but then sometimes <laughs> he doesn't. He's my best friend. I'll ask things of my kids, and they just keep on playing their games or reading <laughs> their books. They won't even acknowledge me. So, by the way, I've just uh, made a, a slight breakthrough yesterday regarding Blather, and that was to get a working installation script for Debian-based systems. Oh, nice. That will install every build dependency you need. And grab the source code for Sphinx and Pocket Sphinx. Those are the backends that Blather works on. And uh, it'll build those and put the libraries in the right place. So it's like a deb? A dot deb? It's, a, it's a shell script. Shell script, okay. I don't know how to make a dot .deb. I, it's probably a few steps away. Yeah, I think it probably is. Um, for now, I'm just going to use the script, I think, mm-hmm. until I'm... like I've had a few people test it and make sure that everything... Or I tested on a virtual machine using a, a brand new Crunchbang installation. Mm. And it worked. Who does... So, somebody packages Debs. If you I think could it give, was P-Squid. It was a P-Squid? If you could figure that out and then just shoot this up to Cornominal, you might just throw it in the repo. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that could go in the Crunchbang repo, but mm. not the Debian one, I don't think. Well, I mean... But eventually it could get into Debian. Once once Jonathan Nato and his bunch are behind it, you know, they, they might be able to get some of these things in an actual repo. Mm. I think... Um, we'll see... Very cool. Yeah, so what else do we have to talk about here? I don't know. We should have been recording the, the whole day because we've been talking at a <laughs> diner and talking on the walk over and the walk back and stopping at the Guitar Center so I could noodle on some guitars. Yeah, what guitars did you play there? What uh, did you like? Fender, I played a Fender Telly, a Martin, like a $3,000 Martin. That was quite nice. Love that. <laughs> uh, Gretsch, which didn't sound as good as I thought it should. but Yeah, this... It, there's fenders coming out of... This is not technical at all. <laughs> There's fenders coming out of China right now called Classic Vibe or something. Everybody says the necks on them are great, so I just wanted to pick one mm-hmm. up and try it, and they are not... It's not too bad. Um, 
Yeah, I don't stop even know listening. if I would. SH. Yeah, that's my stop. I wanted it to stop listening mm. just in case. While we're, we're while I'm not demonstrating, I'm just going to let it right. be. Um, so you've actually built guitars too, though. You, you yeah. might consider doing some kind of HBR thing about what it's like to build a guitar. And I um, after you did the bike one, I realized yeah. geez, I could have stepped stepped through all the pictures for that. Uh, yeah, that '52 Blackguard I did a while ago. That's yeah. something to keep in mind. Yeah, that would be cool because. Um, you had a good suggestion about how to kind of get started in it was which was to buy one of those fairly inexpensive kits yep they're only a couple hundred bucks well there's two ways and it's kind of like you did with the bike i would buy beater guitars out of a garage sale or something it didn't matter if you screwed it up yeah and you might end up throwing this was years and years back so just trying to learn how to uh refret something and then level the frets and buff them out and just step by step slowly getting up to restoring and by the time you're restoring a guitar, you might as well just get some tools and start building them because the rest mm-hmm. is just cutting stuff out. So I'm making it sound easy, but it's, it's been a long 15, 20 year hobby. So, but it's fun. Computers and guitars, that's, those are my hobbies. So, what, what guitars have you built? A couple of uh, Martin Dreadnought size, Triple uh, mm-hmm. O size, that 52 Blackguard that you saw, you probably saw back in the LO days, yep. Fender 52 Blackguard. So, I wanted to. Trying to closely recreate the classic first solid body that came out. That was a fun project. Uh, five string bass for my brother. I'm trying to think of the other ones. A lot of restoring. Just mm-hmm. it keeps me off the streets. <laughs> yeah. What do you find is the hardest part of those projects? Finishing. Yeah, I was, I was about to say that's the part that would probably get me the antsiest because I just want to play the darn thing. No, I mean actually just, applying the finish and buffing yeah. it out. Yeah, that's. That seems so... I've never liked doing that kind of thing. So when that part of my bike project came along, I, mm. I mean, I could have tried to do my own paint job. I, I actually looked up on YouTube and various other places, how do you paint your bike yourself? And yeah. there were very detailed descriptions of how you do it, but they all involve so much prep and such tedious, mm. oh, you know, coat after coat in just the perfect circumstances. It has to wait to dry for however many yes. days. Yes, and, oh, yeah. curing oh. times and... I just it's, didn't want to fool with it. Another thing with it, too, is uh, ha- you need the proper equipment. If you try and fudge it with, like, a spray paint can, or it's not going to come out right. So you, you just it's, a lot of it is having the right equipment, and how often are you going to put finish on something? So you don't really want to spend $1,000 on a spray rig, but... Yeah. But you did? No, I think... <laughs> my wife's sitting here. No, I did She's not. Up <laughs> it was $440. It's a... <laughs> Evilax or something like that and it's that the, awesome. the, the compressor's in the bottom the paint's in the top and it's got the hose it's like, kind of like a portable rig but it's the look on her face is uh, <laughs> yeah there's my money there's her money and there's our money I used yeah. our money for the spray kit oh no yeah when I did the 52 Blackguard I wanted to put real lacquer on which was yeah. what they used back in the day and I needed to buy a gun finally so I bought a spray gun Mrs. <laughs> N.Y. Bill did you know about that <laughs> you want to see it when we go home it's just coming out now <laughs> Do you remember driving? <laughs> See, once you get enough junk down there, they won't notice if one more that's, thing is yeah, added. This thing's up in the closet. Yeah, Do you remember coming home last summer or something, and the the garage stunk? Yeah. Because I was doing lacquer, and lacquer is very. It's if you don't wear masks and stuff, it'll burn your lungs. So I would do it while she's at work and then open all the garage doors, and bring bring the guitar <laughs> stuff down in the basement to cure. Man, I love this. <laughs> so. Oh, what did you buy without telling me? I think you have a $440 credit to go buy something. Ah, nice. Did you hear the part where I was talking to my dad about how 
I asked him, you know, how did you get this yes. past my my mom? Like, I didn't tell her. Well, I didn't ask her. <laughs> oh man, my mom is a saint. See, oh, if God, anybody's still listening this long, this is a very good husband and wife thing. Just don't say anything. Yeah. Okay, that is really funny. <laughs> you're going to have to talk louder. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think, here's what I think you ought to do, Bill, is uh, you ought to do at least one or more of those um, guitar construction and or refurbishing kind of things and then play a little bit on, on, oh. like, to see how it sounds. I mean, you don't have to play, you know, like, you know, check it out. I did it. Bring, you just play chord or something. Yeah, yeah. I suppose um, I could. I just don't know. Uh, I didn't know how well it would translate to our geeky crowd. And I mean, I know construction and the, the, mm-hmm. the research that goes into it and, you know, figuring out all exact measurements is quite geeky, but... It just seemed to me that uh, unless someone was inclined to woodwork or into the guitars. But you did one on a recumbent bike, and how narrow is that niche? It's, and I enjoyed it. I mean, a couple of people have given compliments, so yeah, it's maybe it's something pretty to keep in narrow. Mind. I mean, yeah. I, there are a couple of bike nerds who reached out and said that was really great, mm. but I think a lot of people enjoyed it. And I love how-tos, like mm. just about anything, like how to do something well. You know, I, I like watching people do stuff if it's interesting. If the process is interesting then I like hearing about how to do it. I think that would be a really interesting episode. Have you ever visited the page on the HPR website that says, will my topic be of interest to hackers? No, I just do things okay. and put them out there. Okay. <laughs> People well, can click fast forward. No, you have to look at this page. All right. Okay, we're going to go to the Hacker Public Radio. Um, hey, where is it? Is it under Contribute? Does it just say yes? Yeah. That, that seems yeah, like a... Where is it? This is the sound of scrolling a text pad. Well, yeah, this pad. is great. This, this is good radio here. <laughs> um, oh, for goodness oh. sake. Where is it? But it, yeah, it just goes to a page that says, yes. <laughs> just put out a show, please. <laughs> There's a dedicated HTML page with just like a it's giant little word, yes, and exclamation point. <laughs> So, yeah, you should definitely record that. that. I would definitely love to hear that. And I know there are a surprising number of Linux enthusiasts who also play the guitar or are just really yeah, interested seems, in music. It seems the two uh, kind of go hand in hand a little bit. I, I think it's the inquisitive spirit of not just wanting to use a computer but figure out how it works, <clears throat> not just wanting to hear music but mm-hmm. figure out how to play it. It's, it kind of all ties in, in yeah. my head. It does. Yeah. It does in mine, too. Well, have we missed any topics here? Not that I know of. We didn't even have topics to start with, so no, this is all just, off the cuff. This is free form here. Do you want to do the dreaded pause, and then that's that's when we have to wrap it up? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, well, long, uh, the awkward pause. I, I don't suppose we have to have an awkward pause. <laughs> it was kind of nice when Jezra, I always I always take them out, but it always happens. When Jezra and I had the awkward pause, I left it in there. Yeah. Because right in the middle of it, he said, awkward pause. <laughs> <laughs> that is so Jezra. <laughs> One of these days, we're all going to have to get in the room. Jez, you got to drive to New York. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think we should descend on Petaluma. Oh, that sounds cool. Uh, let's, go, let's go to California. I like the sound of that. Yeah. Uh, well, Bill, awfully nice of you to drive all the way down here. Yeah, no problem. And, uh, We've been talking about this for a few years and just finally made it happen this time. Yeah, so it's not too awful far. It was 
two and a half hour drive or so? Two and a half hours on a Sunday. Now, a I, Sunday. I don't know if during the week, getting this close to the city. Well, I wouldn't ask you to come down there. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying it would, it would yeah. probably add a couple hours to the drive. But Sunday, the traffic's not bad. And yeah, two and a half hours. Well, was, I appreciate y'all coming down here. Oh, it's cool. It's it nice to be, finally meet you. It'd be practically impossible person. for me to come up there, except mm. for, I don't know, I, I think I planned it out where if I took the train from the Larchmont station into town and got on some other train or on the big blue bus or whatever... The yeah, super you, bus? Or, I'm not, yeah, there is a bus that runs out of Albany, go, and then uh, the train would go into Rensselaer, which is not too far. There's a Rensselaer yeah. station. It would have been probably a four-hour or so yeah. ordeal. The train tends to take longer. You, you avoid the traffic, but it seems to be just about the same as driving, time-wise. But you get to kick back yeah, and read a book but or I don't, something. I don't have a car here. Mm. And so I could the the part that would make it add time is having to go into Grand Central Station first, and then mm. I guess go over to Penn Station or whatever. Yeah, you're probably on local local lines, then you have to get to a major line that would go up towards Albany. This is the Metro North Railway here, and I'm, I think it goes to somewhere in Connecticut, maybe. I think that goes to Albany. This is I do gripping even know. HPR, guys. Oh yeah, that's great. <laughs> well, We've we just might, started to ramble. We might cut, might cut this part out. This is see, we're just like. We're channeling our early days where in the Linux Outlaws forums, we would just immediately derail threads. Yes. Yeah. I, I thought about it uh, years later. I don't want to say self-police, but the people that would end up in the Linux Outlaws forums ended up being all the same type of person. Because if mm-hmm. they weren't like us, they just get bored and go away. So right. <laughs> that, that core 40 or 50 of us that all had the same mindset and the same sense of humor... We we just all ended up being fast friends, so that was a it was an interesting way to meet people online. Now I I still do, but uh, it was so concentrated then that we're all yeah. in the same forum. This these social networks I'm finding are not so social because there's a hundred of them with thirty people in each one. So it seems like we're getting spread out these days. Yeah, we're getting a little bit spread out, and I I um one of the things I don't like about certain timelines i suppose it seems like certain like google, the reason i left google plus was first of all i, I was trying to de-google fight a little bit mm. but also because it seemed like 90 or 95 percent of my timeline was people just linking to stuff yeah there, reposts like, and stuff there was no that's what diaspora ended up, yeah no conversation that's what it, diaspora ended up being that way for me it's just i find this interesting and they post an article yeah check this out and then mm. here's a link and uh that kind of thing is just not interesting to me. I was looking to see on the timeline here if anyone had responded to... Uh, oh, our earlier dent. And I actually, I think we may be not using, like, the identicals or the Twitters. Like, I don't know if they're supposed to be a conversation medium where a conversation goes on for days mm-hmm. or weeks. I think they were supposed to be, I'm having lunch, or... Yeah, well... Hey, we, we bend it how we, we want. Yeah, we bend it to our ways. <laughs> Uh, that's what hackers do, man. They yep. use things how they want to, how it best suits them. And not necessarily the way they originally intended to be used. All right, Bill, let's uh, let's call it a day here, at <laughs> least for the purpose of this recording. I don't know how um, long we went, but yeah, well, it was quite we, a while. We can see how long. It was 52 minutes, 53 oh. minutes now. If, you could, if we cut bad. out the coffee making and the beeps? Yeah, well, just play it at 1.5 times speed, <laughs> and then suddenly you're down to about 38 minutes. I will see? talk slower. Don't do that. <laughs> 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 All right, we're All checking right, out. Cool. All right, see you later, guys. Bye, everybody.
You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Share Alike, 3.0 license. Oh, do we have an official photographer? No. Yeah, take pictures. Oh, I just said your name on HPR. Take pictures, Mrs. NY Bill. We can... These are the... Delete that. We haven't really... Yeah, I have some just like that. I think I heard that my coffee is done, so I'm going to step out for half a sec here. Here's some. The photographer is still photographering. How many pictures did you take? Yeah, I didn't take them. Good chance. Oh, you're. People are going to hear that chit chat if they leave it in. That's Mrs. and my Bill giggling now. Mm-hmm. All I do is giggling. Hmm? All I do is giggling. You can just say hello. Okay, so now you I just have got coffee. a bunch of Mrs. and my Bill giggles in there if, if they stay in. <laughs> That's cool. Well, um, <laughs> nobody's heard it. Is this yours? No. Okay. I wonder if I can put my coffee on it safely. I say yes. I don't want to make a big bang on that recording by putting my coffee cup down. <laughs>